This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. Paul Mooring is a business growth coach who focuses on revenue growth and, more importantly, growth of profits. His Get Squared system, which can be found in his best-selling book, Get Squared, is the foundation for his coaching philosophy. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And I want to start by just pronouncing your last name because I practiced it. Strachewski. Wow. I am. Am I on? You are spot on, my friend. Did you play basketball in high school? I did not. Did you? Were you in any sports in high school? I played soccer for a few years, but that's it. Yeah. I just felt I felt a little bad for you because my name gets butchered by the. You know, the opposition team's announcer, I can't imagine what you went through and continue to go through because you can't just read it and say it. You've got to practice it. So I think I've said it out loud about a couple dozen times. Well, it's interesting is two stories there. One, when I was three years old, I think it was, I went to nursery school and I thought my teachers were stupid because I could spell and say Strachewski. I couldn't say any other word, but I, you know, and spell any other word, but I could spell Strachewski because my parents drilled it in my head. And I thought my teacher is dumb. I said, how could I, a nursery school kid, how could I say my name and you can't? But then again, like I said, I couldn't spell any other word, but I could spell my last name. The other thing is, is as a speaker, I, I learned the hard way. Never, if you have a name like mine or yours, never put that on the introduction because then they will try to pronounce it. It took me several years to get this down. You put Mark and the phonetical spelling of the word on there. Don't put your real name because they're going to ignore that and go struggle. And of course, now you go on stage and people go, what's this guy's name? So, yeah. So if you got a name like ours, please spell it phonetically. Perfect. Yes. So we are going to talk about business growth. And I really like what... Uh, you said in what I said in your introduction, the growth of profits, because there's a lot of people who are making a lot of money, but they're not making any profit. So they may make $10,000, $100,000 a month, and they're spending $10,000 or $100,000 a month. Well, you have no profit. (laughs) So just because you're making a lot of money doesn't mean you're making a lot of money. So let's, let's talk, let's make, let's go to the ground floor. What's the difference between gross profits and profits? Or net profits, I would say. Net profits. That's what I was looking for. Great question. It's really just a focus item because the easiest thing to focus on is how much revenue came in that month. And you're you're hooting and hollering about a great month that you had from a revenue standpoint. And then you realize, oh, my goodness, I spent all of that and then some. (laughs) What's going on here? So it's just a small difference in focusing on the profit line instead of the top line. And just by making that one little shift, it makes a big difference. And I've found that from business to business to business that it's not usually what they focus on. They focus on, well, I had a great month last month. Really, what'd you do? (laughs) Like you said, 20, 30, 40, whatever the number is uh, that they brought in. But when we start, you know, unwrapping that or taking the layers off, ends up being something completely different. Now, if they're doing it wisely and they're investing in their future, there are some times when that really makes sense. But a lot of times, just getting to refocus on the profit is a big help. Yeah, because let's face it, when you quit your day job, 
where you have a guaranteed income, vacation, perks, health insurance, all these great things. You go to work for yourself and you're like, uh-oh, I, I don't have all that stuff. And you assume, and I did the same thing when I was fired from my corporate job in July, 2005, I assumed I'd make the same amount of money in my side hustle as I did my full-time job. Uh, yeah, that doesn't happen. It's a lot of work because you had to go out and get new clients and you build your business, the infrastructure, the whole nine yards. And I've heard anywhere from three to five years, once you go out on your own, then you actually get back to where you were when you left corporate America, whether voluntarily or involuntarily. Right. And I think that's pretty accurate. Some people will do it a little bit more quickly, but it's pretty accurate. The road there is exciting, exhilarating, challenging, leaves yeah. you in a puddle at the end of the day, depending on the day, right? But it really is something neat. And you've got so many extra drivers that will push your motivation. You want to get back to where you were. So that puts you in a position to really drive hard. So let's talk about business growth because we have this thing called the internet now. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it. I think I think it's going to be around here for a while. We have social media and my approach to business growth and my approach to social media, I learned from Gary Vaynerchuk because he says you should document instead of create because the problem is anybody can hit up Google and look on how to be more productive, look on how to be better, uh, better growth to your business, but nobody knows your story. So what I do throughout my day is I share my journey and I put it across all social media platforms with the exception of Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore. And what is really nice with the way we, cause I do video is I can record a 30 second Instagram reel. I put that same reel on TikTok. Then I split that up and put that on LinkedIn stories, Facebook stories, Instagram stories, Snapchat. And so I take one piece of content and get 19 pieces of content on it. But if you want to grow your business, you have to be out there. Um, the Grant, Grant Cardone's got a fantastic book. The only book I've read more than twice, by the way, other than the Bible called the 10 X rule. And he goes, most entrepreneurs have an obscurity problem. And the number one cure for an obscurity problem is to get out there a lot. Otherwise people are not magically going to show up at your door and say, Hey, I hear you have a business. I'd like to give you lots of money. Well, and it's interesting because when I made my transition into my coaching business, it was January of 2020 when I jumped in full time. Oh, wow. So I did 26 networking events in 28 days. There's your get out there, right? Mm. I was working with a speaking coach to help get me out on stages. So obviously come February, March, that kind of had the sound of wah, wah, wah <laughs> as COVID started to kick in. And it probably was the best thing that could happen to me at that time because I've had, I've got 10 to 15 outlines of books written. And I've been thinking about fixing to getting around to writing a book for 15 years. So COVID shutting down my excessive networking work and working on my presentation forced me to write this book, this Get Squared book. And it was great to get a pen to the thoughts. And obviously we're using typewriters and keyboards now, but it was really great to get it down, get the book published, get it out there, have it show up on the bestseller list at Amazon. And it was just really, really helpful. And it's opened a bunch of doors as well. So I've been asked to speak at different places. And 
I think getting out there, getting opportunities to be in front of people on stage and then delivering something that can help them, you know, really taking your mind and focusing on the old Zig Ziglar's comment. If I can help enough other people get what they want, then what, then I'll get what I want. And I've always liked that because it feels like a servant leadership approach to what you do instead of going out there and saying, I got to maximize the amount of money I'm making today and tomorrow. And I got to gouge it out of people. No, do it the right way. Provide a service that's so strong that you'll get paid because of what it's doing for people. That's the same approach I take with this podcast. I want people who listen to this conversation to get one nugget. If they just get one nugget and now their lives are better and they can serve people in their lives better, it's a success because I learned, I'm 56 years young and I learned a few years ago that life is not about money. I mean, money makes things a lot easier, but if you don't have a servant's heart, all the money in the world doesn't make any difference because you're just going to buy toys. You're going to buy iPhones and watches and computers and cars and boats and, and houses. But how is that serving anybody else? And I think if every human just had a servant's heart, and I believe most humans do, by the way, they don't make the news, but I think most humans in any country in the world, any uh, demographic, they will say they have a servant's heart. And I do believe that. I think it's the extremists you see on the news that don't have it, that want all the violence and divisiveness and anger. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And what's newsworthy, right? Somebody out walking their dog in the morning or somebody <laughs> blowing up a bomb. And obviously the impact is much greater. So it's not a surprise to see some of those brought into the light like that. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. But I, I think that if people are going to look at life, I don't care what you do, by the way, you could be an entrepreneur, which most of my audience is, you could work at a corporation, you could be a stay-at-home parent. You need to wake up and say, okay, how can I serve people to the best of my ability today? Because that's going to grow your life. Whether you have a business or, like I said, you're a stay-at-home parent, if you have a servant's heart, I think you're going to be happier, you're going to be healthier, because now it's, you're not making it about you. Yeah, and you can see that reflected in your business, the whole Mr. Productivity thing. And that's one of the areas that I try to focus my people on is when I bring on a new coaching client, we're focused on results. And I'm on a very fast treadmill to help them get some results. The quickest way to get to results, two of them, one of them is making that person a better version of themselves. And the other one is time because they've only got so much time that they can spend in a day. But if you can take what looks like an eight hour day to them, it's really about three hours of work and five hours of doing things that are completely worthless. And you can turn that into a six hour day of work. You've doubled their productivity right then and you'll see the result. If they can be a better version of themselves and then they can be more productive during the day, they can get results pretty quickly. So that's been really fun to watch as I focus in on a new client, new coaching client, getting them started. That, that is so amazing. Um, you know, I hope the, I hope the listener doesn't miss what you just said. Let's talk about get squared. What, what is 
get squared? I mean, I've never heard that term before. What does it mean? Great question. It's it's from a, a lot of years back. And I was a district sales manager. And every year I would go out and review goals with my people. Well, when you're trying to work with people and get the most out of them, both for themselves and for the, the district, you've got to find ways to motivate them to do more. And what I noticed is that when I was going out and doing these goal reviews and I'd say, well, this is what you did last year. What are you going to do this year? I got tired of listening to myself. So I'm sure they got tired of listening to me. And it just kind of told me to expand on it a little bit because when I set my own goals, I would set goals in my personal life and my business life. And these people would jot down some goals for me and then they'd put them in a drawer. And if I called them a week from that day and said, hey, what were your goals again? I forgot. They wouldn't know where to find them. (laughs) Then they'd have to call me back. So what I did is I built these goal squares and I said, there are four different categories in your life that we want to focus on. And you don't have to share all of your goals in these other categories because they're more personal. You'll just share the goals in your business category with me. But I encourage you to set these goals outside of work because you're going to have better balance in your life. And if you put too much focus on your business, you're going to destroy everything else. So I don't want you to do that. And they'd start by saying, well, you realize that business is not the most important thing to me. And I'd say, well, gosh, I hope not. Otherwise, you don't have a family or anybody that you care about outside of work. Now, every once in a while, I would have somebody say, well, business is the most important because it's the way that I take care of my family. Well, okay, I get that. But still, the the important person there or people are your family. So we have them look at this goal square as a blank slate, so to speak. And we tell them that the top two squares on that goal square are the front two tires of their car, left and right. And the bottom two squares are their rear tires, left and right. Then we take them out on Highway 93, which you're not familiar with, but Highway 93 goes between Phoenix and Las Vegas. And it happens to be one of the most fatality-ridden roads in the country. I suppose somebody went and invested their entire rent check in Las Vegas, and they drank too much, and they're driving home now half in a blur. I'm not sure, but it's a dangerous stretch of highway. So I'll put them on that road, and then I'll say to them, If your left front tire blows, what's going to happen? And if your left front tire blows, if you've ever had that happen, it's pretty scary because your car will pull to the left. And if you're on a section where it's just two lanes, only thing separating you from oncoming traffic is a yellow line. Guess what? It pulls you into oncoming traffic and bam, there's a collision. If it happens to be a Mack truck, you just became the hood ornament and it's lights out for you. Mm -hmm. If it's your front right tire, It's going to pull you to the right. You get a little gravel on that shoulder. You lose control, roll three, four times down one of the the, uh, hills that they've got out there. It's lights out for you as well. Now, the left, left rear and right rear tires are important as well, but you're going to stop and repair that. You're not going to keep driving all the way to Vegas with a flat left rear tire, but it's not likely to be a fatal issue. So what we do then is we take the four categories categories of business, personal, spiritual, and family. And we have them place those categories where they belong on their chart. Now, we'll tell them 
Go ahead and place the words, place the categories, then take this home and give it some thought. In the area of family, you might want to ask your family. And I know that when I first did this, I came home and my wife looked at me like I was a little bit crazy because she knew I was a goal-oriented person. I'm always setting goals for myself and doing different things, but I never stopped and said, these are my goals for the family. And it just stopped her in her tracks a little bit as we started talking about it. And it was really, really interesting to watch that reaction just in my own home. So I thought, you know, I might be onto something here. And the agents, a lot of times that I worked with would appreciate it. And then they would put some of the things into play and they would find, hey, I'm getting in better shape because I'm walking four days a week. It's one of my goal square items that I put in there. And as you know, as people start to build habits, there's a lot of dates out there. The most current that I hear is somewhere about 65, 66 days that it takes to build a habit. So if they can get beyond that 66, 65 day mark, now all of a sudden their body begs for them to walk three, four times a week. Just like when you went on your running streak, you can't imagine not running for a day because your brain would probably blow up. There's chemicals that are begging you to go run. By the way, I started my own little running streak this week because I wanted to know what it felt like to do this. Obviously, you're four years in. I'm <laughs> I'm one week. But it's it's been amazing because I ride bike four or five times a week on a really, really good week, but I don't do any running. So you, you're using different muscles and you get out there and I'm turning 10-minute miles thinking, goodness, this is horrible, wow. but it'll get better. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I normally run a nine-minute mile but then I had an epiphany after running almost four years, August 27th, four years coming up in another week. And I'm like, this is crazy. I, my goal is a thousand miles every year. And I would like hit a thousand miles around the third week of November. Then I would do one mile a day for the rest of the year. And then I had this epiphany. I'm like, hey, why don't you slow down in the heat of the summer? And then when it's cool in November, December, you can run longer. So I've actually, I still run three miles a day. Now my, my pace is like 10 and a half minutes. Cause I'm really slowing down because it's like running in the sun in the morning. And I can't believe it took me over oh, almost four years before I realized, Hey, slow down dummy during the summertime when it's so hot outside. Um, but I want to go back to goals for you real quick. I, I like setting really scary goals. And like I, I alluded to uh, Grant Cardone's 10X rule. One of my goals, which I write down every morning, by the way, I think it's important to write your goals down every day so they stay fresh in your mind, is I have a net worth of $100 million. Now, I just picked that number out of thin air because the reason why I picked that number so high is I love how Grant puts it. He goes, would you rather fall short on a $100 million goal or a $1,000 goal? And so I'm in, in, when you have a goal of having a net worth of a hundred million dollars, you think differently when you are on social media, when you're creating content, you think differently because now you think, Hey, you know what? I have to act like I am worth a hundred million dollars. But if you say I'm worth $50,000, I don't think you're going to put in as much effort. Do you agree with that? Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Oh, 100%. 
100%. Setting those big audacious goals. I can't remember who wrote that book. Jim Collins. Thank you. But setting those big goals and having them hanging out there is really important because you've got to have something. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't dream about maybe making his high school team, <laughs> right? I think we would find that the reason why he was disappointed when he got cut is he had bigger dreams than that. Yes. And then he came back and he fought hard and he got there. So yeah, I really believe in setting those big ones out there. Now, when I meet with somebody new, they're not going to have your goal performance or your goal experience. So we start small and then we work towards getting those bigger and then we'll deliver those big audacious ones because they're oftentimes when I work with a new coaching client, depending on the situation, they're not all that great at setting goals. So they're, they're making a lot of failures when they set goals and that can, and that can build a losing streak, which is not what we're looking to do. We want to build winning streaks so that they can start getting on a, getting in a groove, so to speak. Yeah. I think one of the saddest things in our world today is when people have no goals. They go, uh, I don't know what I want. I'm like, come on. It's look at dreams and goals cost you no money. Zero. Okay. It takes some creativity. And I said, look, come on. What do you want? What, what do you want to achieve in your life? I don't know. I'm like, look, and I will break into a session right there with them. They feel kind of awkward. I don't. I'm like, come on. I mean, before you leave this planet, what do you want to do? And then I can see the wheels start going. Well, you know, I'd kind of like to do this or I'd like to do that. I said, no, nah, okay, now we're going. And, and then they start getting this gleam in their eye. I'm like, look at that didn't cost you anything, right? I'm not going to cut charge any money, but I said, you got to dream. You got to have goals because goals are what propel us forward. If you're just going, well, I hope it's to make it to the end of the day. That's not a goal to make it to the end of the day without dying. That's not a goal. And, and I just think it's very sad when people don't have any goals. And I know a lot of people who have no goals. Yeah, and so many times it's that fear of failure. They don't want to fail, so they'd rather not even try. And they've done it wrong so many times that they're they're put in a position where goals mean failure. I'll give presentations sometimes, and the the first items that I talk about are the tendency for somebody to look at the docket and say, oh, Paul Mooring's going to be talking about goals. Let me see. I think I'll take a break at that time, right? Because they don't even want to hear about it. They've had such a bad experience with it. However, it's rare that you talk to a successful person, get three, four questions in to what you're asking them about, and the word or concept of goals doesn't come up. When you're talking to successful people, they use goals to fuel their activities and keep themselves focused and keep their teams focused. It's like a gimme, but everybody's oftentimes looking for that silver bullet that they could do with less work and effort. And and unfortunately that becomes kind of the norm. If you go ask Tom Brady what his goal is, what's he going to tell you? Super Bowl. <laughs> Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. I mean, that's Super it. Right. He's not going to say, well, I hope we win a couple games. <laughs> no, he goes, I want to win the Super Bowl and then maybe go undefeated this season. He has big goals and you're absolutely right. I don't know a single successful person that is goalless. They all have goals because like you said, goals drive you forward. But here's the thing. You can sit in here, listen to the conversation go, but you understand I'm a single mom. I have three jobs. I got two young kids. Uh, you know, I didn't graduate high school. 
you can still have goals. You may not be able to achieve those goals for a year or five years or 10 years or 15 years, but you can think about your goals. And here's the exercise I give people. Get a piece of paper and just spend a half an hour in complete silence writing down your goals. Just tap into all those dreams you have buried in your subconscious mind. Don't go another day without having a goal. And and I would like what you said with the get squared, have four goals. Have goals. What are those four uh, four squares we should concentrate again in? You've got personal, you've got family, spiritual, and business. So everyone can create one goal for each of those squares very easily. Yeah, very easily. In fact, a lot of times when I'll give them the first look at it, I will tell them, listen, there's five blanks in each one. Don't feel like you have to fill out five blanks in each one. Just write down a couple that jump off the page at you. And we're going to do some more work on this later. Every once in a while, I'll get somebody that's overzealous. (laughs) They'll, they'll They'll have 10 in each category. And I'll say, hey, listen, that is too much stuff for you to focus on. So let's break these down. Focus on cutting these in half and let's take another look at it. I want to get them some early wins mm. and get them used to doing it. If I do, they'll that momentum will keep them winning. You know, when a team starts to win, then great things happen. You know, if it's football, duh bears. And <laughs> I'm a Vikings fan, but I got to bet you're more aligned with them, right? So if you're... Actually, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm a Texan fan, which we are broiled. Oh, we are broiled in the sea of controversy. We finally get our franchise Super Bowl winning quarterback. And then I'm sure you heard what Deshaun Watson got himself in trouble for. And, and here in Houston, all the fingers are pointing. And, and I thought one day when I'm hearing all these stories, if you're not listening, if you're not aware of this, uh, Deshaun Watson won the championship in Clemson. Drafted by the Texan. They said he's the quarterback of the future. Then he became addicted to massage parlors and he went there for more than massages. Now he's got 22 lawsuits against him and his career could be over. And what I was thinking to myself one day is Tom Brady never had this issue. How did Tom Brady go through what, 853 years in the NFL? He never had a problem with this. And Aaron Rodgers never had a problem with this. And Drew Brees. Why do we get the players on the Texans that always have these problems? I mean, he was going to be the best quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. And now he threw his career away. I don't get it. So, yeah, I am, but I'm still a Texans fan. I will still root for them. Even if they go 0-16, um, you know, I live in Houston. They're my team. But to your point, um, I, the, the bears. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just the way you said that the bears. Yeah. Um, they won one super bowl when they had the fridge and they had, uh, who was their crazy quarterback? Uh, McMahon, McMahon, right? Man. Oh my goodness. That guy was a character. <laughs> yeah. It was fun to watch, but even, you know, you get that football team that's on a roll. Yes. If you, I think back more to the Patriots mm-hmm. and you either loved them or hated them. Yep. And if the Patriots were winning, they'd be down going into the fourth quarter by 10 points. It wouldn't be safe. Just look at Atlanta and then the Super Bowl, down, the Atlanta Falcons. Sure. I mean, they thought that Super Bowl was won. No, not when Tom Brady's on the other side. It's not one. No. no, and he believes he can do it. Yep. I remember probably the best example that I've seen in my lifetime is watching Tiger Woods come on the scene and then watching people since him. Because when Tiger Woods came on the scene, he said very clearly what his goals were. And his goals were to get more majors than Jack Nicholas, which was a 
big thing to chase after. Other people came into the league since him and they played well in streaks and then they make a bunch of money and you get the feeling that they're maybe not working as hard or maybe not as driven, but not Tiger Woods. He stayed the course. And the reason why he ended up where he did is because he had these huge goals. People didn't laugh at him when he said he wanted to beat Nicholas's record, but people in the golf world said, I'm sure, what, this young guy thinks he's going to come on here and beat Nicholas. What kind of craziness is that in his first year, right? So it's uh, it's amazing. And those having those big goals out there is definitely something that can help steer the ship. I love how Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan to your punch in the face. And when you look at sports world is you're winning, 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 winning. And all of a sudden you get blown out one game. That's your punch in the face. And like, okay, do we give up or do we recover? And unfortunately, a lot of people, they're stunned. I remember the last NFL season, 2020, the Pittsburgh Steelers went 11-0. Then they went 1-4 because they lost that first game. They went 1-4 and and barely made the playoffs last year. So they got punched in the face. So as you're achieving your goals, guess what? Life is going to happen. You are going to get punched in the face. And that's the key moment. What do you do when you get punched in the face, whether it's COVID, whether you lost your job, the loss of life in the family, doesn't matter. What are you going to do when you're punched in the face? Because Paul, I got to believe you agree with me on this. You will get punched in the face. And the question is, what are you going to do when that happens? And no kidding right there, isn't it? You're going to face failure. You're going to face rejection. You're going to get punched in the face. I remember when I was in high school, I was a wrestler. And some of the warm-up music that we would play would be some classic rock from the 80s, right? Wow. But we also would play the theme to Rocky. Mm. So that theme is ingrained in my brain. And if I'm having a real tough time, I'm down, I'm down three, four days in a row and just can't get myself back up, I will actually put on Rocky 1 and watch that movie. <laughs> awesome. I like to be Sylvester Stallone <laughs> in that movie. I mean, the guy's arguably a meathead. And he's out there getting just pummeled by Apollo Creed, but he keeps getting up and he earns Apollo's respect by the end of the fight because he continues to get up. Now, obviously that's a movie and it's a story, but the movie and the music and then my history in the, in the uh, wrestling room, listening to this music as you're getting pumped up to go wrestle. um, Yeah. Failure is part of success. You just have to bounce back. In fact, in the PGA, They have a stat. They have a bounce back stat. So if somebody goes out and gets a bogey, if they come back the next hole and get a birdie, they get points for that. And the best players have a way of regathering themselves, putting themselves back together and making that next hole make up for the mistake that they just made. Interesting. Well, we talked a lot today, gave a lot of insights. I really appreciate your time. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Well, I know it's hard to spell, but S. Paul, P-A-U-L, Mooring, M-O-E-H-R-I-N-G.com is the best place to get to me. Uh, We do a free consultation call with anybody that might be interested in finding out more about coaching. Believe me, we don't sell a majority of these calls. When we talk to people over the phone, I'm learning what their industry is about. I'm learning what they're about, what they're going through. And some people say, hey, I'd like to move forward and get some coaching. And then we talk more about it at that point. But it's a great call. And I always tell myself that no matter what happens, it's got to be worth their time. 
So if I spend a half hour, 45 minutes on the phone with somebody, I am really, really working hard to think, what can I give this person in that half hour, 45 minutes that they can walk away with, put it into their life or put it into their business and make something positive happen? I figure, again, if I'm helping enough other people get what they want, then I'll eventually get what I want. Excellent. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a delight having you here. Thank you. Great being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.